Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to episode number 29. Guys, if you are joining in for the first time today, this is just a warm welcome to you. I just want to welcome you and say, what's up? Thank you for joining this this episode. Thank you for joining this podcast. Thank you for joining this movement, this show called Exploring Possibility, where we just continue to expand our potential and explore all things around possibility to create those possibility mindsets and those growth mindsets. So I'm quickly going to jump into today's episode and tell you a little bit about our guest that we have on today. Today's guest's name is Benny. And Benny is a qualified NLP, HNLP coach, practitioner, and certified hypnotherapist. He provides an opportunity for change and motivation to succeed. He's got a huge passion for motivating people to break through the limiting beliefs, something that I'm also personally very, 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 very passionate about, as that was one of my biggest challenges and still is today one of my biggest challenges in life. He has more than 10 years experience in coaching with a background in human resources, also working with a number of corporate companies and clients on an individual and group basis throughout his career with sound and proven systems, programs, and interventions to create success. So myself and Benny, we we dove into topics surrounding the subconscious mind, mostly on where people can start to, to reprogram their subconscious mind, how people get into being pro- programmed in you know, today's day and age, and also how we can use tools such as mental rehearsal to improve our mental performance and just your everyday performance. So that is the gist of what we spoke about. That is the things that we love uh, discussing during our, our interview. And so if you resonate with anything associated to that, then I suggest you dive in right now as you're going to love this episode. And then before we jump in, think about how your programming is run every day. Are you actually aware of the things that you say? Are you, are you aware of the things that drive your everyday productivity, your everyday results, your everyday character, your everyday, just the way that you show up every day? So think about those things as you go out through these episodes and see if there's anything that you can resonate with or use in your own personal life to perhaps at least just get started to think about your programming, to think about what your subconscious mind is all about. Having those questions in mind, you can then intentionally find the answers that you're looking for while you listen through this episode. Let's go. Hi there, Benny Lowe, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited to just have you on the show today and discuss all things, you know, around the mind, around high performance, around subconscious, around hypnosis and all of those sorts of cool things. So let's, let's start off. Um, I love chatting around things that stretch possibility, things that expand our potential, things that we can use to elevate our own lives, things that we can use to impact others and just things that empower us at the end of the day. And 
just to like kick us off before we jump into all these cool concepts that I just mentioned around the subconscious and you know mental performance and all of those things and the tools that we can use, let's just start off with you perhaps briefly just telling us a little bit more about who you are. Who is Benny Lowe? Hi, well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. It's always great to share some of the ideas. You know, the more people know about the, the, the mind and how you can use it, the better. Because, you know, we, we run an autopilot most of the time. We don't even know what we're doing when we do it. And then we don't quite understand why we do things the way we do. Because the subconscious mind is so powerful. So the work that I do and, and where I focus, and it's, it's, it's because of my own, own personal journey, is that you get to a point where you've spoken about your problem so many times, or you want to just get past okay, but consciously you, you just, you, you're just stuck. You, you hit a wall because there's nothing more you can do. You've done all the self-help, you've seen all the girls, you, you've read the book, you've done the workshop, <laughs> but it just doesn't work. And there's a good reason for that is because the part of you that needs to change, you haven't got to. And that's the part that I work with. And people often ask me, so how do I get into that part? How do I, how do I get there? You know, it's, and it's fairly easy when you know what you're doing and um, it's accessible to anybody. It's a natural thing to, to be able to, to do. So your mind is very powerful. And when you are, allow yourself to, to just get into that space without any, unnecessary beliefs that's going to block you, um, you can make some pretty awesome changes in your life. <laughs> awesome stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's start like getting into that now. You mentioned that you sort of work with subconscious programming and you work with people's beliefs and all of that. And yes. I know from what I've like heard, what I've seen is that it's almost like our entire life is based around our subconscious mind. Like our subconscious mind drives so much of who we are and what we do that that sort of like dictates your reality. Now let's, let's jump into the idea of subconscious programming for those that perhaps don't know what it means or don't know it, like what it is, like what is the subconscious mind? So perhaps if you can just kick us off with like, what, what is the subconscious mind if we had to define it? Like, what does it mean? Like, how do we see it or how can we feel it? Or how can we understand what the subconscious mind is? You know, I often get asked this question and I often say to people, can you show me where your mind is? And they can't. <laughs> because your mind is, is this part of you. It's not your brain. It's not your body. It's something else. Um, what, what dictates how your brain works? So it's in this kind of fuzzy world sometimes. But what I can tell you is you have two minds. You've got your conscious mind. That's the one that keeps on thinking, thinking. And that's the one that, you know, on the hamster wheel, um, it's constantly occupying your thoughts. But then below the surface, there's your subconscious mind. Anybody listening now to us, their hearts are beating, they're breathing, their organs are functioning. All of that is happening simultaneously. And that's the subconscious mind. Now think about this though. If you had to be in control consciously of all the various different functions of your body, you won't have time for anything else because that's why the, the subconscious, I can also say habitual mind, that's where the programming is, that's where the learning is, that helps you to take learning into habits and it becomes automatic. Now, the problem is that often the automation or the habits that we learn or the programming that we get is not ours. It's from the external world. 
And that mm. programming is installed at a time that we're not even aware of it. So therefore, we get into life and we've got to get to a certain point and we realize, oh my word, I'm doing the same things over and over. What, what's happening? <laughs> How do I change this? It's at that point where you consciously start to have a conversation with yourself. But that conversation is not going to get anywhere because nobody's listening. You need to open the door to the subconscious. And when that happens, then you can start changing it. Now, the interesting thing, just upon this is, when you're younger, before the age of seven, the programming that you have is because of your external world. So you see other people do things, you see your family or your parents' impact on you. So the external world programs you. But before the age of seven, you don't really have a capital faculty, so you don't have the ability to judge it. So you get programmed, all of this gets programmed in. But the interesting thing is this. Once that program is installed, it needs a trigger to activate. So after the age of seven, the environment is no longer the program, it becomes the trigger. So you see something, program runs. You hear something, program runs. Mm. So you actually, on autopilot, <laughs> you, you, you have no chance. So you go through life unconscious. You're not aware. And that's when people come to see me where they, you know, it's, it's not always young people where they get to a place in their life and they're like, oh my word, how did I get here? What do I want? <laughs> you know 90% that? of but people. The, <laughs> but you know what's interesting, Christopher, is that younger and younger people are asking those questions. It's like the younger generation is they're more enlightened, but they're just more aware. It's more connected. It's quite amazing, quite fascinating. Yeah, I've also found that that um, like the younger generation seem to be asking more of these types of questions. Like, why why is this happening to me? Like, why is my life this way? Why am I acting in specific ways? Or why can't I get rid of this habit? Or what you know? Why are things happening to me? And and I think it's got to do with the word um, consciousness, which is you know, yes. it's it's around the idea of just being aware. And that to me is so powerful. Being being able to have the ability to just sit and be aware of why you think the way you think, what you think, and maybe perhaps even deeper, like the work that you do, is to get into where did it start? Like, where did it form? And how can we perhaps now start looking at rearranging those wires or rearranging those neural pathways so that we can sort of yes. like create a new new path, you know, going forward, um, reprogram the conscious, the subconscious mind in a way. And I can just relate with all that you said, um, especially on the fact where you started, you said you were stuck in life and then you started asking these questions. You read the books, you went to the courses, you did the seminars, but at some <laughs> yes. point you actually need to delve in and do the hard work and you need to perhaps like how you do is start teaching it to others and then you start to understand more. So I really respect that, that view. And I think that's why you've also seen some success, you know, some big success in your life as well. Now I'm, I'm very if you say that we have an habitual mind, I'm very sure that our programming, which is the habitual mind, affects our performance. So yes. for me, the, start, the, the next question would be like, how do we start? Where do we start if we want to start thinking about changing our subconscious mind? Where's the starting point for anyone that wants to think about, I want to change something in my life, but I... I can't, I, I can't get past whatever this is. Like, how do they start 
changing the habits? How do they start changing the programming? Where's the starting point for anyone that wants to start this journey? You see, the big question that comes up here is, how do you know what you don't know? Yeah. Because you can't know. And people ask me that question, I said, so, okay, that's fantastic. Look at the things that work in your life. That means you have programming that's supported. Look at the things that don't work. Those are the areas of your life you need to find and install in your program. So this is where I always tell people, and everybody that knows me that's come to see me, they know about a pink elephant. So this is where I normally ask people, whatever you do for the next two seconds, don't think of a pink elephant. And what do you ultimately do? That's what you think about. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, the big thing here is this. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negation. So the first step for you is to be aware that there's something wrong. That's the part where you realize, okay, I look at my life, there's something that is not working. But when you get to that point, you have no idea of where you want to go. Because most people, ask most people, what do they want in life? And they will most probably bring the pink elephant into the room and they will tell you what they don't want. Yes. Now, I mean, you don't go to a restaurant and you tell the waitress, I don't want coffee, tea or milk. You tell her what you want. So how can you be communicating with your subconscious in a way that you keep on hammering. So the law of revert, well, the, the, the reverse effect comes into play because it says what you focus on is what you get. So if you're saying to me, I don't want to be poor, what's going to happen? What are you focusing on? You're focusing on poverty. You're focusing on scarcity. So this is where awareness is the first step. The second step is to say, okay, what do I want? Simple, what do I want? <laughs> It's a simple question, <laughs> but it's not that simple. It's underutilized. This is absolutely that's where most people get stuck. So now, now you need to remember if I if I to say to you, think of something that you really, really want. You don't have to tell me what it is. And at the moment you you say to yourself, that's what I want, there's another voice in your head coming up. And that voice is either going to tell you yes. Let's go for it, or it's going to tell you all the reasons why it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the money. It's going to create family drama. You know, all those normal stuff. All the excuses. All the excuses. <laughs> Thank you for using that word, excuses, because you know excuses worse than a lie. So all those excuses come up. <laughs> now, what happens now? So you have this constant internal dialogue. Now, the first step is to change your dialogue, because remember, your internal dialogue becomes emotional. And the way we retrain our brain is with emotions. When you can feel it, your subconscious opens because you know, your subconscious mind doesn't work like your conscious mind. Your subconscious mind works with images, feeling. There's no judgment in your subconscious mind. So you want to open that part. So how do you do that? You start to become aware of what you want, first of all. So first of all is, Awareness. Second step is, what do I want? Okay. Now, once you've clarified that, you need to ask yourself, is it appealing? Is what I want really worth my while? Mm -hmm. Because think about it. Okay. And in that question, in that step, you need to ask, why do you want it? Because you see, the thing is this. If you don't have a reason and purpose in terms of why you want it, you won't have the motivation to keep on going. And I've seen this with a lot of people that I coach. I work with sports people, 
that are world champions, weekend warriors. I work with CEOs of business, and it's amazing to see how different minds can be. And this question of why you want it, the people that are really successful have a clearly defined why. They know why they want it. Because the interesting thing is this, once you know why you want it, the how and the what shows up in your <laughs> It's amazing how it works. Have you ever thought of um, something, oh, let me give you this example. You decide to get a new cell phone. All of a sudden you think you're so unique, but then you realize that this, that person has got that phone, there's another one got that phone. All of a sudden you realize there's so many people with that phone. Now, you can think about this. Has everybody now gone on a shopping spree or are you, you just more aware? Someone See has what a sale. <laughs> Someone has a sale. <laughs> this is the thing. This is how energy works because your frequency, now this is the thing. If your frequency is, I can't have this, I don't deserve this, that is the programming that you put in your mind. That's the frequency that you have. You cannot attack, create, or change in that frequency. The solution is not in the same frequency as the problem. Einstein said that. So therefore, you need to change your state. Now, that's difficult. When you, when you wake up in the morning and you started your new regime, you decided, I'm waking up every morning at 4 o'clock, I'm going to go to the gym. You know that first morning, your body kicks in and says, that's not what you did yesterday. <laughs> it's going to exist. So the new pattern doesn't, because although your conscious mind says, yes, I want to do it, the subconscious is still holding on to the old code. That's why the why is so important. But you understand that, you see, the thing is this, for you to get to the subconscious, your subconscious mind needs to be open. Now, in a normal state like me and you are talking now, we're in what we call a beta state. That's our frequency. The moment you sit down and you close your eyes, you automatically go into, a, for most people, an alpha state, a more relaxed state. Because mm. you've taken some sensory perception now. Yeah. Close your eyes. Now, if you go and sit and you sit in a quiet place and you play some quiet music, close your eyes, you've taken more of the sensory out of the equation. So your brain waves drop even further into what we call a theta state. Now, that is the optimal state where you can make suggestions to the subconscious mind and you can change. And this is not something that the research is showing us this. It's showing us so much of this. That theta state, and you know what's nice about it, Chris? Twice a day you go into that state naturally. Before you go to sleep, you go beta, alpha, theta, delta, sleep. And when you wake up, delta, theta, Alpha, beta. So you you pass that state twice a day naturally. So people ask me when is the best time to program? Any time, but the natural occurring time is before you go to sleep and when you fall asleep, or, or, or when you wake up, because you're naturally already going into that state. I've got a question on that. Um, you said like you go into that specific state, which is quite calm. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's almost like a meditative state, also where you're. You're more suggestible. You're, you're more suggestible. You're more easily to take in ideas and things from the outside. Now, is that also called hypnosis? Is that what they use? Because I know that you are also quite highly skilled in, a, in hypnosis as well. Do they also use hypnosis in that state? You see, 
Hypnosis meditation, guided visualization, mental rehearsal, call it what you will. It's mm. the same thing. It's hypnosis. Now, the problem with, with the word hypnosis is that people have major misconceptions about it. Yes. And um, the big thing is this. That's why people, and I've seen some really interesting things that people do. They would, they would call a technique an eyes-closed technique, for instance, just to mm. get away from the word hypnosis. Because people are afraid because you're going to get into my mind. It's because people don't understand what it's about. The big thing with meditation, meditation is normally try to quiet the mind and just relax and have no thought. But with hypnosis, we have focused attention. So you would take into your hypnosis or your meditation, I can use the word loosely, you will take something in. You will have a specific thing. So you would come to me and say to me, I have this belief that I'm not good enough. Okay, wonderful. So I can ask you where it comes from. Um, and I can guarantee you, most of the time, it's not your own program. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. Before the age of seven, you didn't know any better. So which programs did you take? Your Everybody parents. around you. Exactly. Parents, family. So <clears> therefore, <throat> it's not even your program. So you want to change that. So now that program is in there. Now think about this. If you want to record something, you have to press the record button. Otherwise, it's not going to record. Hopefully, you didn't press that button today. I did. <laughs> but think about it. <laughs> think about this. We can have this conversation. And there's, no, there's, there's nothing about it later. Yeah. Two of us will, will still have some in our memories. But, and this is the point. So by relaxing your body, relaxing your mind, you get to a point where the subconscious mind starts to become more active. Now, your subconscious mind is always awake. Your conscious mind sometimes drifts, falls asleep. Now, when you fall asleep, the subconscious mind is still awake. Because if your subconscious mind is also asleep, you won't be able to wake up. Hmm. Because what's going to make you breathe? What's going to make your heart beat? Yeah, yeah. You see, so by relaxing your body, maybe listening to some good frequency music that will take your brain waves down, or have somebody facilitate it for you, um, but it's easy to do yourself. You can open the subconscious, you open the box, and you can program it in. But the programming needs to be believable, um, and it needs to sit well with you. I've actually just written down some of the points that you mentioned, and... I love the list that you put out. It's sort of like a, a run through that you can do if you start becoming aware of something that you need to deal with or um, some area of life that you want to improve on perhaps. And the thing that you start with is awareness. And that I think I mentioned it in the start of this episode as well. I really enjoy awareness and the fact that it has so much power because it's a starting point of so many things for us. And awareness in this case breeds focus. And that's what we also need to focus, to be aware of is that we need to focus on those specific things that we actually want and change the narrative around the things that we say. And the, the following step to do to that was what do we want? After that, you need to prioritize and see like what is actually important to you. Sort of like setting up in my personal life to me, that's a value list. I sort of have my own values lined up to see like what is really most important to me and line that up with the things that I want in life and see where, where it crosses over to see like, what are the things I'm really aspiring to that make sense for me personally? Like what are those values? And then the last thing was the why. And the why is 
Yo, that is like the engine because the bigger the <laughs> why, the better the yeah. commitment. The you know the the stronger the movement will be. And I've seen that in my own life when I started when I started working on my whys for whatever I want to work on. You know why why do I want to run a marathon, for example? Why do I want to start a business? What is the impact that I want to make? As soon as I, as soon as I started asking the why, my my commitment just. I had this burning desire to just start moving forward at a better and stronger pace. And there's a, there's a quote that comes to mind. I think it was Frederick uh, Nitschke that said, like, if you have a big enough why, it can bear anyhow. So yes. no like matter what you, what you think about how you get to point from point A to point B, if you have a big enough why, it will actually take you there. So I just really love these points that you mentioned because I think for anyone listening today, if, if you are listening and you feel like you are stuck in some place or perhaps not aware of the things that you should be changing, start with these steps. I think it's very vital steps that will really empower you to start moving forward. So you, we just spoke about, we, we just briefly touched on hypnosis and you mentioned how it's sort of like synonymous to a lot of other words like mental, yes. universal and meditation. They have sort of the same idea stemmed to them. So Let's, I want to actually touch on mental rehearsal and the idea of using that because I find that super powerful. And whether it's hypnosis, let's, let's use the word mental rehearsal at this point to play with words a little bit. How can we use that if we want to improve our performance? And this could be performance in sport. This could be performance at work. This could be performance in life and your business. How can we use that tool of mental rehearsal um, to just improve our performance like what can we do do we do we sit down and just think do we feel like how do you suggest someone approach um mental rehearsal and use that as a tool in their own life to improve their performance and would you suggest it oh yes absolutely that's one of the things that i teach in most of my workshops seminars and everybody that comes to me to see me, I, I try to teach them and help them to do it themselves. I don't want people to become dependent on a one-on-one session. That I want awesome. them to learn something. Because there's a lot that you can do on your, by yourself. And when you get stuck, then you can start, you know, going further. So mental rehearsal, let, let me give you a little bit of background why it's so powerful. And the research is showing it to us. We're no longer in this area where we're wondering if it works. You know, when they... Um, uh, Dispenza talks about people playing piano. So there's four four groups. The first group gets a, a sheet music. They play the piano for two hours for two weeks. They measure the, the, the brain to see where the development is. So the first group physically plays the piano, looks at the sheet music. The second group looks at the sheet music, doesn't play. They only imagine playing. The third group goes in every day and they can play with their mind. No problem. Mm. The fourth group does nothing. So we know what's going to happen with the fourth group. <laughs> so, the, so the interesting part is the first two groups. Now remember, the first group physically played. The second group only played it in their mind. The same areas in the brain developed because this is the thing. The subconscious mind doesn't distinguish between what is real and what is imagined. Now that's where the power lies. If you can have the image in your mind, you can create it and you can hold it in your hand. And that's the power. Now let's look at the third group. Now remember the third group could go in and play whatever they like. 
You know what happened? Nothing happened. You know why? There was no deliberate repetition. Mm-hmm. They couldn't remember what they played for the previous day. Yeah. So unless, how did you learn the ABC? The repetition. Over and over and over. Over and over. That's how it works. So you need a deliberate repetition into this. So mental rehearsal works very well. If somebody comes to me, it's much easier because I facilitate, but when you do it yourself, your conscious mind is a little bit more involved, so it takes a little bit longer. So with mental rehearsal, you decide, for instance, which is an example. Um, okay, confidence. So you come to me, you say to me, Benny, I lack a little bit of confidence in a certain area. I will say, okay, let's, let's look what areas of your life, because there's certain areas that you do have confidence. I'll say, okay. So if you think of confidence, what does it mean to you? Then we'll unpack it and we'll get to a point when we get it. We'll start to create a you that is confident. And that's the part. You need to see that you. You need to feel that you. You need to touch. You need to use all your senses. And then you take that you, and as you visualize that, and as you mentally rehearse that, your subconscious mind starts to get the picture. Because remember, the moment you relax and you take all the external distractions away, the subconscious mind is listening. <laughs> and it's sensory. It's in, the, in, the, in a way that it is works with images, colors, feelings. Now, the higher the emotion, the better the program. Why is it? Have you ever wondered, when people have trauma, how quickly a negative program is installed or how quickly they can change? It's because of the massive emotional conflict. So you might have noticed now there's three ways that we program. Before the age of seven, Repetition and withdrawal. Those are the three ways. <laughs> That's awesome. The, yeah. It's awesome. But trauma is not nice. But think about this. We can use this to our advantage. Because the moment you you attach emotion to what you want, now think about this. Think of something you really want. Because I don't know what it is. Think of something you really want. Now just go forward in time. And feel or ask the question, ask this question, where am I when I have what I want? That thing that you want, ask yourself, where am I when I have that? Now get into that space. Start to feel that, see that, look at what's around you from that point. When you can feel the future, you can create it. Now you know this thing about affirmations? Yes. Positive affirmations. Doesn't work if you don't do it right. There's another there's another version of that that Tony Robbins uses. He he says he doesn't use affirmations, but he uses incantations, and that's about yes. getting yes. your yes. your your you know your physiological yes. parts of you involved. So he wants you to feel like you've been explaining this entire time. He wants you to feel what you're saying and believe it. <laughs> yes, your your nervous system, your nervous system must feel it, and that happens. Mm. Then, then it's, it starts to happen. Then magic starts to happen. Yeah. That's where you want to be. You know, it's, you want to create that state. And when you start to feel it, it's going to start to happen. Um, now, this is the part where people sometimes look at me funny and say, mm, yeah, I worry about this. But the fact of the matter is, 
If you keep on hammering yourself with the negative thoughts and the negative dialogue, how could you expect to create any change in your life? Listen to your internal dialogue. How many times is that pink elephant on your back? And, and I often say to people, go home and listen to the people around you how they talk. And I come back and I would tell them, it is absolutely amazing to see how much we tell each other what we don't want. I'm quickly going to touch on that because I find it crucial, um, the thing you just mentioned about the people around you. And that, that applies not only to, so that for those listening, it doesn't just apply to the people in your house. That's where it starts, but it also apply, applies to the people that you spend most of your time with outside of your home. So I'm sure then you would agree with that, that it's, yes. it's, that it's similar to a quote where they say, like the people you're around yourself with, like the average of those five is who you become. And that's similar to this. Like what are the people saying even the people you spend most of your time with, your friends, you know, your colleagues, what do they say? Like, what are, what are the narratives that are going around? Is it empowering or is it disempowering? Is it picking you up or is it taking you down? And we, funny enough, we start to become what others think of us and also what we think of them. And we just sort of like get into this energy bundle of we become each other in a way. So we, we start to feed off of each other's energy. I find that super crucial. So for anyone listening, I'll take that tip. If you are wondering like what your narrative is about, just go listen to the people closest to you and see what yes. those people are speaking about because there's a high uh, probability of you also saying similar or the same things. And I find that super big. It's interesting that you mentioned that. Have you ever seen a family walk together? How similar their posture is? Mm-hmm. Simple thing like that. <laughs> It's because what did they see from a small age? And then when they start talk, talking, you pick up a, a similar way of talking. It's like the subtlest thing, but you can, it's there. Why is that? It's exactly what you're saying now. That narrative is there. Um, we, we, we want to belong to a tribe. We don't really want to be alone. Exactly. So on that note, you've got to choose your tribe wisely because that's going to help you take you forward in whatever you want to go forward in. And you've mentioned a few key things, especially on like how we as children, um, how we model people, how we model our family, model them in terms of how we walk, your posture, even in terms of what we eat. And typically you see a lot of families, they look the same because they eat the same and they yeah. eat the same and they talk the same. And it, you just need to find out, I'm not, I'm not um, dissing anyone today or saying it's right or wrong, but you need to think about whether that's constructive or deconstructive, deconstructing your own life, like whether it's whether it's building you up or breaking you down. And that's the, the, the decision that you need to make. And you also had a huge insight on trauma just now. And you just reminded me of something that um, Anna May Kutsia also said, because I had her on the show as well. And she's also um, NLP practitioner, same as, same, yes. same as you. So she yes. also spoke about things like the insight on, on, or things like trauma and how, you know, the, if there's emotion connected to it, how strongly it lives within you. And sometimes yes. how, so then it could also, the deeper it is that the, the tough it might be to also get it out. So that's very interesting insight on that. The last thing I wanted to touch on was that you spoke about confidence and you said that if you want to be confident, you start with someone and you ask them about the confidence and what it means to them. And what I took from that is also that you need to find examples in your own life of where that exists. So where yes. are you yes. confident? Yes. Where can you find one small thing that you are confident in and then build on that? That is like, I love that. It, it just 
to me, it opens up what the show is all about. It opens up the idea of exploring possibility. So where can you find the possibility of that one small thing? You grab onto it, you hold on tightly, and you just keep building on that possibility. I think that's beautiful. Did you, did you do um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's course or did you do an event or do you study his work? What is your affiliation? To I, I would, uh, I, I like the, the sounds that he make. I've, I've watched some, some clips and I have read some books, uh, you the, the, the books like um, You the Placebo and there's a few others. And for me, it resonates quite well yeah. um, because of, the way what he's done, and which is good for me, is he's taken this fuzzy stuff, he's researched this, and he's giving us the, the, the evidence. And that's the convincing for us. Because what's happened is science and the mind stuff, you know, they've always been in two poles. Yeah. But it seems that they're realizing that both sides have got something to offer. Mm. And when that starts to happen, you you know, there's a lot that can change. Um, and that's appealing for me because I like to see, show me, I want the evidence. Um, because when I'm working with somebody, that's what they would expect of me as well. And um, for me, that's what I, I like about his work. But there's a number of others, Bruce Lipton, um, and awesome there's, there's a number of these guys, yeah, that, that are starting to show us how powerful our, our, our minds are. I mean, you can, you can make so many changes. Um, the interesting thing is, I want to share with you about this drive thing again, just to get back to that for a moment. Yeah. You know, when you have a tuning fork, the tuning fork is, is calibrated to a certain vibration because everything in the, in the universe, everything is, 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 got, is vibration, frequency. When you take that tuning fork and you put a lot of tuning forks around that one and you tap that one, all the tuning forks around that, will start vibrating at the same frequency. It's called entrainment. To think about yourself, are you the one being trained or are you the one influencing the world outside of you? That is a big question. It is a big question. And that brings us back to that tribe situation that Nate will be talking about. Are you the influencer or are you the receiver in that situation? Who do you want to be ultimately? Yeah, that is really, really, really deep. Um, I've also asked my question, or that question to myself previously as well. And I asked it in literally almost the same words. I said, am I going to be the influencer or am I going to be the influenced? So either like, and I just chose, I made the decision at that point to say, I feel like I want to be the influencer and preferably positive, empowering stuff. So things that uplift, things that create, things that empower, things that, magnify and support and embrace and those sort of things and from that point on i was very i was much more aware just by making that decision making that distinction i was able to say this is me this is what i value this is who i am and then from there like you said earlier how your mind just starts seeing different things you start to see people that speak like you You start to attract those sort of conversations you start to attract opportunities in that realm it's just it's so amazing of, of how powerful the subconscious mind is and i think i think i want to jump on to the next to the next question there and that is it's got to do with something you said in a conversation with someone else because now we've we've chatted a little bit about or actually a lot (laughs) about the subconscious mind what it means how people can use it where you can start there's so many things like i don't want to go too broad and 
um, let people have too much information because it's going to be tough to consume. So I want to head into the last sort of direction for now, and that is it's got to do with sport, but perhaps not, but I'll see what you say on this. So you had a discussion with a lady called uh, Martelise Brink. She was also on the, on the show actually a few months ago, and we had a lovely conversation about comfort zones. Um, so for those of <laughs> you, can, if you want to find out what she said about comfort zones, you can go check out that episode. I think it was episode three or four. But in this discussion, you two spoke about the effect of music and performance. Oh, yes. And yes. I, I listened to that and I was very fascinated about what you said because you said it puts a, an, an unfair advantage on someone, let's say they're doing an aerobic sort of exercise or sport where it's, let's say, running, for example. You yes. get the one runner versus the other runner. So the one runner that has no earphones on like we have today and he's not listening to, to any music. The other person, the other runner, has got music in and they are actually, they actually have an unfair advantage of what that music is doing to their state of being, how it's elevating them to sort of like perform yeah. at this higher level. Now, that's not the question I actually have. The question I want to get to or the point that I want to get to is I feel the same way to this idea about the mind. I feel that personally, like I believe that people who utilize and work on their minds especially those who now ha know how to tap the levers and grab onto the right things, they can actually have an unfair advantage over those who don't. So I feel that if you know how to utilize this thing, that's your mind. If you know how to use these powers that they say we've got unlimited power, if you know how to use it, you've got an unfair advantage over those who don't. I just want to get your perspective on that and perhaps see what you feel about that and, and how you would disagree so, or agree on that. <laughs> I totally agree. You do have an unfair advantage. Um, Dave Gonzales, I think the, the gentleman's name is Gonzales, he, one of his quotes says that people with the same ability and skill, the one with the mental strength, is the one that was most of the time probably the winner. You see. And, um, <laughs> you see. And this is the thing, because I work with athletes, and in training, they outperform everybody. When it comes to the event, they are nowhere to be found. Um, I do a course on choking and being matched temperament, for instance, to help people with that. Mm. Now think about this. We play golf. So me and you, we go on a nice Saturday, we're going to play some golf. Yeah. Everything goes well, and you do it really well. And then I get to a, a hole where... There's a putt that's maybe say two foot, not difficult. You'll sink it a hundred times out of hundred. And I said, you know what? I'll give you five thousand bucks if you sink that putt. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? I'm going to choke. <laughs> You're going to find <laughs> your mind's going to start to become active in a, in a different way. Your Why internal is that? dialogue, because now you, there's an expectation <laughs> attached to it. Mm -hmm. The moment there's an expectation attached to it, it, it activates your autonomic nervous system. It activates a part of you, and that part starts to think, what if I miss? What if people want to fear? You know that thing that comes into your mind? Yeah, the small Why voice. Is it, yeah. There's that voice that's sometimes very loud. <laughs> yeah. You see what happens? And that's the part where the mental stand. I work with people that, for instance, archery. Archery is a sport that, you know, to take an arrow and shoot at 70 meters into a small spot takes some, ex, some serious skill. 
But can you imagine the small motor movements that you need to be in control of when you do that? Mm. And people do that quite successfully. Your mind cannot, it has to be in a good state. It has to be calm, it has to be quiet, it has to be focused. Now, if you don't have that, the person who has mental training will most probably outperform the one that has it. Um, I've seen people go from nowhere. Just to give you an idea, I had a lady a while ago, she had, she had so much anxiety that she would get asthma wow. before she had to run. So she comes to me. We don't work with the asthma. We work with the anxiety. Yes. You know what happens? That Saturday and the Saturday after one and the Saturday after she done the best ever. No asthma, no breathing problems. Because you know what? The mind creates something in the body. The body-mind connection. Mm -hmm. So now she's got that skill. I don't have to see her again because she's got the skill. She knows what to do. So all of a sudden, she's making the teams, she's getting onto the podium. And what happens? That spiral of success. So mental, yeah, it's a big advantage. I like <laughs> I that. I give you many, many examples. Yeah, I many mean, examples. if we can do another episode where we literally just discuss examples for those that want evidence. You said earlier, like the brain loves evidence. If we can find evidence about things like Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, is it's a lot of esoteric things, which is amazing, but then he grounds it fairly and tightly with with science and it sells and it works and it makes sense. And that's why we embody it. That's also, I absolutely love his work. And you just touch on another point, which I think is super vital for anyone out there to, to just think about when they leave this episode. And that's when you have something happening in your life, try and go underneath the symptom because sometimes we think it's the symptom and we want to treat the symptoms like doctors do. But and most of the time it's a belief. It's your, it's your subconscious mind. That's, 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 triggering things underneath and that we need to work on. So hopefully some of the things that we spoke about today will at least get you to the point of thinking about things differently, starting to bring awareness to the problem, starting to yes. just attack the problem from another perspective. So I really hope for those listening that you can start thinking from that point of perspective. Yeah, that's the deepest, deepest structure you're talking about. Now, if I can, I want to give an example of that. Please do. You know, when we look at... Okay, let me give you this example. When you take a selfie, you take a few and then you post the best one, don't you? Of course. You know, just, <laughs> that's what we do. So that's what the world sees. Now, I want yeah. you to imagine, when we look at the people around you, what do we see? We see the outcome of something. Yes. So we see the end result. But what we don't see, it's like an iceberg. What's below the water is all the effort, all the hard work, all the sacrifice, all of that, that's the subconscious stuff. So we look at other people sometimes and we think, oh, but they have it so easy. But meanwhile, we don't know how many hours they've spent to get to the point where they are. And therefore, we need to do the heavy lifting ourselves. We can't just get to that. And that's unfortunately a part of our generation, where yeah. the younger generation, that sees the result and not necessarily looks at the effort. So you have to do, oh, I don't like to use the word hard work, but you have to do the, the deeper structure changes and understand that. Yeah, there needs to be effort. Well, that's the, yes, that's the internal, that's the mental power. Yeah. Because you know what happens, Christopher? The moment you have that muscle, it becomes effortless. 
I think when you, you, you started learning to drive a car, how difficult it might have been for you. You have to think of everything now. You don't. And that's the thing. It's although initially it might feel uncomfortable. If you're not feeling uncomfortable, you're not learning. Yeah, that is once again another great insight and great key point there is that if you're not feeling uncomfortable and this doesn't mean that it should be super uncomfortable that you're sort of like dying but just uncomfortable in the way that it, it feels new it feels unexpected you know if, if you have that feeling yes. i've personally experienced this myself it means that you're growing you're learning something new you're in the point of changing that which you are which is crucial so i just love yes. that you touched on all these points and gave us some examples to work through i think there's a lot of things that people can go and think about um, especially for myself who's a visual type of person the mm -hmm. idea of the of the iceberg where it's only that small part that's pointing out which everyone admires and sees and the success and they you know embracing all of that but they never see what's what's happening down they never see a person and think, wow, what did they go through? What, what did they work on? What did they, you know, what went in to get them where they are? How much did they not work on their beliefs and their subconscious mind to actually structure and rewire themselves to get to where they are? So I think all these things are amazing. And I just want to thank you for pointing out and giving us all those examples to work through and perhaps just go and listen back and, and visualize again and think about it. But now I want to draw all those things together and bring us to the end of our conversation. And I want to ask you three impact questions. And all that this is, it's, it's three short questions. And I'm looking for three short answers. It's just for someone to go, go and digest all this information afterwards. Now, I want to give you three questions so they can go and, and think about small actions that they can get small wins. So these three questions are as follows. I'm going to give it to you. You can answer me answer it um, straight away. So what is one small action that someone can take right after this discussion to go and rewire their mind for success and high performance? Very easy. Yes, very easy. Give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to your internal dialogue. Mm. Check into your internal dialogue every now and again and ask yourself, what am I saying to myself? It's going to give you clues. I love that. So check your internal dialogue because that's going to say a lot about what you think and what your beliefs are and what your subconscious mind is actually pushing out to you. And then second question, what is the one thing, instead of what that we can do, what is the one thing that we can stop doing that is perhaps like limiting our success or limiting our performance in life, whether that's in business, sports, or life? Stop being distracted. Mm. Um, there's too many distractions. Um, social media, uh, big one, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so it absorbs you. Yeah, let's let's quickly before I go to the next question. <laughs> why 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 should we not be distracted? What does it mean if we are distracted? Like, what is it taking away? So people can just get it. <laughs> if you are distracted, it's a avoider. It avoids. It takes you away from doing what you're supposed to do. So you avoid it. When you know what you need to do and you're not doing it, that means you're avoiding to do it and you find a distraction. Stop allowing distractions. And this is something I'm finding difficult to, to say because I'm bringing the pink elephant into the room <laughs> by saying, <laughs> stop the distraction. Because I would rather say to you, keep on focusing on doing things that is best for you. That's why you're interested. Yes, yeah. If you just heard that, like also just don't think about the not doing because that's actually what we spoke about on this episode it's, it's also <laughs> what you focus on so if we are saying that stop 
doing distraction, we actually mean that focus on what you want. So that's what it means. Yes. So just focus yes. on the opposite yes. of that, although that's the message. And now the last thing is, what is one character trait that we can adopt from high performance or people that are really like at their peak? Um, for me, it's resilience. Mm. It's, it's the ability to take risk, fail, and move on. That resilience is there. Um, for me, that's the biggest one. If you look at people that are successful in any part of their lives, you'll find that they have a string of failures behind them. And it's the resilience to get up and continue. Uh, yeah, for me, that's, that's the big one. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I just recently also listened to a TED talk where the woman um, named something similar to that, which is adaptability. And I think it's got to do with yes. resilience. It's about how you are able to adapt, get back up and change again and be resilient and stand strong, whether, you know, regardless of what happens. So that's, I think you gave a lot of great answers here, some great content, some great tips for people to go and implement right after this discussion. So that's that's it for this episode. Where can people get hold of you if they want to learn a little bit more, if they found you exciting or just want to perhaps if they can get into your you know your coaching programs or whatever it is, where can people get hold of you and learn more about what we just spoke about? It's very easy. They just need to Google my name, Benny Lowe. Yes. And they will find me. <laughs> I'm done. It's, it's taken me a long time to get it to that point, but you will find me. Or you can go to my website, um, but um, I think it's easier just to do being in low. But my website is meta4.co.za, um, but it's meta4 with E. And uh, you will find me, and uh, yeah, then you can see the work that I do. I do a lot of workshops, talks, and one-on-ones with people. And um, yeah, just, I just love changing people's beliefs. That's the big thing. When you can change your beliefs, you can change your life. Highly, highly agree on that note. So if, if you found any of this discussion, any part of this discussion exciting or empowering or you feel like you want to learn more, then go and check Benny, Benny's work out. I will actually link those um, URLs in the show notes of this episode so that you don't need to go and struggle to find him. And we, I'm going to make it easy for you. Just press the link in the show notes and it will direct you directly to his website, metaphor.co.za or just, you know, so you can get in touch with him. So then, yeah, Benny, I think that is the end. Um, the closing question for today is just, in what way would you like to inspire, empower, or impact the world? The big thing is, where I'm standing is, it's to help people to change their beliefs so they can be more of who they need to be. Um, and when I can do that, and people that know me, um, I like, I like doing that. Sometimes it's unpleasant, but most of the time it's quite fun. Um, but when you can challenge your beliefs, um, you can start to think for yourself. Because then you're no longer at the mercy of other people's thoughts and ideas. You can start to create your own. And you're no longer um, a horde animal that's like a sheep. <laughs> you can start. <laughs> so that for me is the big thing, um, is belief change. Love it. So yeah, Benny, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for helping individuals and teams uh, transcend their limiting beliefs. I really respect and admire the work that you do. And I also really respect and admire the impact that you actually make on the world by helping people to challenge their beliefs and to sort of just break free from these shackles that they have in their own lives and break through from that limitations to 
just become the best version of themselves at the end of the day. So just thank you for that. Thank you. Awesome. Chat to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Go well. And that is a wrap for this episode. This was one of my favorites. I hope that you enjoyed the content. I really, really enjoyed all the topics and all the questions, all the answers, all the tips and all the things that came with that. Part of the show is also part of building a community and we are building a community on Facebook where we try and get people in that are like-minded. So if you see yourself as someone who's curious, someone who is a change maker, a leader, someone who's keen to learn new things and find novel ways of doing things, then this group is for you. It's there to meet and associate with like-minded individuals, people that are of like energy, people that are the same in terms of vision, mission, and just people that want to explore life and live it to their fullest potential. So it's there to expand your potential with other people. It's there to challenge you. It's there to help you think bigger, think exponentially, and also at the end of the day, create a possibility mindset. As usual, go and put these things into practice. Go and go, I hope you took some notes and that you're writing things down and that you're actually putting those learning experiences into your calendar so you can actually start to do the things that we speak about within this episode if you liked any part of this episode my biggest call to action today is just to share this episode with someone else or alternatively get back in touch with me on info at exploring possibility let me know how this episode went let me know what was your favorite part let me know about new guests that you'd like to see on the show anything I just love to have some feedback, some criticism, you know, some constructive feedback if you have any or anything just to get this conversation going. And guys, that is it for this episode. I hope you learned something new about the mind. I hope you learned something new that can help you expand your potential and strengthen your mindset. I'll see you guys in the next episode of Exploring Possibility. And remember, don't be afraid to go and explore and find that possibility. Cheers, guys. 